0: good morning everyone how are you this morning okay thank you so much it is happy to see you uh, see here many people and uh, let's start our meditation practice first please find a comfortable and relaxed posture Keep your back straight as much as you can, gently close your eyes. Take a few deep long breaths and relax your whole body from the top of your head to low of your toss and observe each part of your body closely and see are they relaxed And also it is important to have a peaceful, relaxed mind. Maybe it is a busy morning for you. Maybe many things going in your mind. You are at the temple and sitting in front of the Buddha. We are going to have a peaceful time If you are struggling with something don't carry, please leave them behind you. Let's spend few minutes on your breath to have a peaceful mind. Breathe in mindfully. Breathe out mindfully. Breathe in. Breathe out. Let's practice loving friendliness thoughts towards to yourself. Try to be a loving and kind person to yourself. Think and understand the meaning of each words deeply and kindly. May I learn to forgive and accept myself. May I be safe and protected from inner and outer dangers. I learn to care for myself with joy and ease. May I be strong and healthy mentally and physically. While you are repeating these words try to feel the meaning, try to feel the energy of each words, otherwise you are just repeating words. If you have any difficult thoughts in your mind slowly observe them. As a self-loving kindness practitioner, you are always focusing on your thoughts and understanding them. Try to understand that difficult thoughts what you are struggling and think, may I be free from anger, jealousy, hatred, May I be free from all negative thoughts. Most of the times we all are going through many difficult times. As a loving-kindness practitioner, you can keep encourage yourself. Whatever happening in your life, take it as a lesson. Think this is my turning point. Be kind to yourself. Keep, encourage yourself. It is our self-loving kindness practice. Now imagine your loved ones. Imagine their faces individually. If you have some difficult time with someone, slowly let it go. May my loved ones be filled with loving-kindness. May they be free from inner and outer dangers. May they be able to take care of themselves happily. May they be strong and healthy, mentally and physically. Also, if you want to bless someone especially, you can imagine that person's face. Send loving and kind thoughts towards to that person. Now we can send our loving thoughts towards to all the living beings. Send our loving thoughts without any discrimination. May all the living beings be able to take care of themselves happily. May they be able to find peaceful and healthy environment. May they be well in mind and body. May they be strong and healthy mentally and physically. Now with this loving and motivational thoughts, let's focus on your breathing process. Bring your attention to the tip of your nose, then you can feel your breathing process. Take each breath mindfully. No need to control your breathing. Just focus on your natural, ordinary breath. Breathe in mindfully. Breathe out mindfully. Let's spend some quiet time with your breath. Our mind is always wandering, we call monkey mind. If you are wondering, just know you are having thoughts and come back to your breathing process. When you are breathing, you can see long breath in and out, short breath in and out. When you see long breath, think I'm having long breath. When you see short breath, observe I'm having short breath. Don't think about past or future, enjoy this present moment with focusing on your natural, ordinary breath. When you are inhaling, you know that your body is inhaling. When you are exhaling, you know that your body is exhaling. Mindfulness' meaning is introspection, looking inward. While you are focusing on your breath, you can see many thoughts are arising, remaining and disappearing. That's the nature of our mind. We can't hold our thoughts. But you can see your thoughts. Focusing on your thoughts, understanding about our thoughts, it is part of this mindfulness practice. There's another name we call inside practice, inside meditation. You can see the nature of your thoughts. You can see the root Also mindfulness means awareness. Whatever you are doing in your life, you are aware about it. While you are eating, sitting, walking, or driving, whatever you are doing in your life, you are focusing. You are so much aware about it. It is also part of this mindfulness practice. This practice that we can apply to our daily life so many ways. Not just sitting on the cushion and practicing meditation. There are many other ways. On this beautiful morning, you came to the temple. You are sitting in front of the Buddha practicing meditation. It is so wonderful. And now, slowly bring your palms together in front of your heart and be grateful for this moment. Be grateful for your practice, be grateful for this place, and also be grateful for Buddha and His beautiful teachings. At the same time, make a strong determination to practice this meditation every day, at least 5-10 minutes. May peace be with you, may all the living beings be well, be happy, be peaceful. Slowly open your eyes. Okay, let's start our chanting practice, uh, page number four. Let's chant together. Namotasya Bhagavato Arehato Sama Sambuddhasya Namotasya Bhagavato Arehato Sama Sambuddhasya Namotasya Bhagavato arhato sammā sambhudas buddhan saranaṃ Dhamman damman saranaṃ gacchāmi sanghaṃ saranaṃ gacchāmi duthiyam pi buddhan saranaṃ Dutiyaṃ pede dhammaṃ saraṇaṃ gacchāme Dutiyaṃ pede saṅghaṃ saraṇaṃ gacchāme Tatiyaṃ pede buddhaṃ saraṇaṃ gacchāme Tatiyampi dhamman saranaṁ gaccha Tatiyampi sanghaṁ saranaṁ Anicca vata saṅkāra vaya dhammeno Uppajitva Nirujanti Te Sanghu Psamu Sukho Sabbe Satta Avera Huntu Sabbe Satta Abhyapaja sabbe satta anega ontu sabbe satta sukhi atanam Mano pubbhaṅga madhamma mano setta manomayā मनसा चे पदुठेन भासते वाकारोति वा ततो न दुःख मनवेति Manosetta Manomaya मनो मया मनसा Karotiva पसन्नेन भासते वा Mind is the forerunner of states. <coughs> mind made are If it a corrupted mind, one should die the speaker act. Suffering follows caused by that. As does the veil? follow the ox's hoof. Mind is the forerunner of states. Mind is chief. Mind made are If it a clear and confident mind, one should either speak or act. Happiness follows caused by them. shadow. We believe. We believe in generosity towards others. We believe the skillful noble path is marked by generosity. We believe generosity has many levels. Think generously. Speak generously. Act generously. We believe generosity is the heart of our spiritual practice and this practice allows us to become more open, accepting and forgiving. We believe extending generosity to ourselves and others is a direct of healing division, bringing joy and nurturing this spiritual community for years to come. My wish, may I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for them. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise until the time I attain Nirvana. Thank you so much for coming again, it is happy to see many people. And today we have a uh, a special Dhamma talk, and one of our long-term Sangha members, Jim Kale. And he is practicing with us many, many years, and he has good understanding and good knowledge about. Buddhist teachings and about meditation, and uh, usually during this time we are asking lay people to give talks and who is practicing with us many, many years, and a few weeks ago, Tyler Liu, he did a talk, and today Jim Kell is going to do a talk, and I hope you will enjoy his talk, and now it is your time.
1: Can everybody hear me okay, in the back? Okay. If you can 't just let me know, um, as bonte said, uh, my name is Jim, and i 've been practicing here for a number of years. I came here about um, uh, one year after it it opened, and uh, so I was part of the group downstairs in the basement and I was trying to think the other day what what year did uh, Ponte Sujatha start this, this whole thing. Uh, Todd, do you, is it 2003? Is that? It was 2003. 2003. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, about 2000. I wasn't there until Yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I started about 2004. So, boy, I've been practicing then, you know, like for about 17 years in here. This is, time just goes by. Um, but, I, but I just love this temple. And... Um, You know, I'm a retired chemist and a scientist, and so um, I kind of surprise myself that I I keep coming here because it has a lot of characteristics of a religion and a lot of supernatural uh, things going, uh, beliefs. But um, I love this place because it addresses the important issues in uh, our lives, in our reality. And that is uh, things like happiness, what is happiness? Uh, do we want to be happy all the time? Uh, suffering, uh, you know, uh, do we want to completely get rid of suffering or is some suffering good for us? And of course, our emotions and relations. And, and this is why uh, I come here because w- when I was younger, I just, I just didn't, I was busy with my career and my family and just didn't think of these very important um, philosophical issues um a few weeks ago if you were here, you heard a talk from bante Sujatha, and he uh uh he he, he was uh, doing a zoom talk, and he said while he was at home um, taking it easy his his relatives were complaining around him all the time, and uh he said he was um Somewhat annoyed by this because it was just incessant, you know. And uh, I think, uh, as I was sitting here, I kind of chuckled, and I think some of the people around me kind of chuckled too. And um, after I, I I I did this, I thought to myself, "Well, what am I laughing about?" Because, boy, I, I complain a lot. Um, if not to other people, I, I complain uh, to myself. Um, and uh, it is annoying. I, I I'm getting old now. I'm I'm almost seventy years old, and uh, so I complain about getting old, and I complain about my my health, uh, you know, being compromised. Also, I complain about loss of friends over the years who have moved away uh, from this part of uh, uh, the uh, country. You know, many some of the members that I was uh, very close to have uh, retired and moved away from the temple. And uh, of course I complain about getting caught in a traffic jam or I actually I, I found myself pounding on the steering wheel because uh, you know I just thought I was going to be there all day. And um, you know these, these complaints are pointless and it, uh really they, they have no benefit and they just uh, make me feel bad. So this complaining is a problem. Um, I want to I look a little closer at this complaining and, and, and explore it a little bit. And my question is this to all of you. Um, if you were asked to say in one word, what is the cause of people complaining, yourself complaining or whatever, uh, if you could uh, come up with one word that uh, is behind all of this, what, what word would you pick? Ego, okay. Ego's a good one. Anybody else? Non-acceptance. Non-acceptance. That's a good one. Pardon me? Attachment.
0: Attachment.
1: Oh, what? Attachment. Attachment. Okay, that's another good one. Assertiveness. Assertiveness. Okay, when you complain, you want to assert yourself, yeah. Yes? Delusion. Delusion. Uh, delusion. Okay, that's that's kind of a deep one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pardon me. Unhappiness. 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 About rigidity. Rigidity. rigidity? Yes. Not being flexible. Inflexibility. Yeah. These are all. These are all really good. Uh, okay. Oh. Yes, ma'am. You what you. Hope for change. Okay. Well, that's not one word, but I'll take it anyways. <laughs> um, About cathartic. Cathartic? Yeah. cathartic. Yes, that would be. Uh, it is cathartic when you complain to a certain extent. Um, if Siddhartha Gautama was sitting out there right now. And now Siddhartha Gautama, I don't know if there may be some new people here. Siddhartha Gautama was a human being in ancient uh, India. And um, he later became the Buddha. But a Siddhartha was sitting out there now. um, He would say that this mental suffering from complaining or whatever mental suffering we have is caused by tanha. T-A-N-H-A. This is an ancient Pali word. And um, it's also the word he uses in the Second Noble Truth. So it's like the foundation of Buddhism, really. Um, can anybody here tell me the literal translation of tanha, T-A-N-H-A? And, and, and Todd, no, you, you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else know the literal translation of this word tanha? Nobody? Nobody knows them. Okay. Um, you guys got to start reading on Buddhism a little bit here. Uh, tanha means thirst. Now, this is, this is what Siddhartha said was the cause of mental suffering, is thirst. Now, that doesn't mean that if we hydrate, we're going to be fine and, uh, and not have any more mental suffering. Of course, it's a metaphor. It's a poetic metaphor. And um, it means uh, desiring, wanting. So Siddhartha said that behind all of these complaints and mental suffering is desiring and wanting. Um... Desiring is something. It's one of those things that we don't pay any attention to. It's it's uh, we're submerged in it because we are constantly, constantly wanting and desiring. Uh, sometimes I I wonder if all of our thinking is attached to to desiring. Um, and for this reason, um, it's it's kind of a surprising answer to the question of what causes all the suffering. Uh, in the world uh, desiring. Um, So going back uh, to what I, I said in the beginning of what I complain about, I said, well, I complain about getting old. Well, the reason is because I desire to stay young, right? And if I lose friends when they move away, the reason I'm suffering mentally is because I desire them to always be with me. And uh, same with the traffic jam, or even being caught in uh, in a grocery line, um, I become uh, impatient because I desire to hurry up and 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 uh, um, save time. So I want to say that Anha um, was was a very very important brilliant insight by Siddhartha in ancient uh, India. And uh, it took him about 20 years of wandering around to, to finally distill this, this insight in, into one word. And um, he did this so he could free us and lessen our, our, our mental suffering. The, um, now this is also the goals a goal, uh, one of the goals of, of modern psychologists and psychiatrists. And that is why I consider um, Siddhartha Gautama one of the first uh, great psychologists. Now, okay, Siddhartha found what the cause was of our mental suffering. Now, uh, since he saw the, found the cause of desire, I guess it's logical to say, well, all we have to do is to uh, get rid of desire. And if we get rid of desire, we'll get rid of our mental suffering because this is the cause of it. Doesn't, doesn't that make sense? Uh, so how do we do this? How in the world can we get rid of wanting and desire? We do it all the time. Well, you, someone's shaking their head out there like you can't do it, but in reality, you can actually do this. And the people who do this, um, and they've been doing it for thousands of years, They're called ascetics, A-S-C-E-T-I-C-S. Now, an an ascetic is a person who rejects all desires, especially the ones that bring them comfort. So an ascetic would say, oh, if he gets insulted, he would say, well, I don't care. I don't desire. I don't care what people think of me. You know, or if he has declining health or gets old, he says, I don't care. I just don't desire any of these things. And so they practice and put themselves into this state, sitting, I guess, on a cushion you could. And uh, and, um, um, they uh, try to get rid of all their desires. And I think, you know, I sometimes wonder to myself, um, if a person actually does this, you know, gets rid of all their desires and wants, can they actually um, free themselves completely from mental suffering? You know, I don't know. I don't. I, I still don't have the answer to this. However, I do know that Siddhartha tried to do this, <laughs> you know. And uh, he sat for, I think it was five years, he, he was an ascetic. And he was a master ascetic at, at uh, Uh, trying to get rid of these desires. And I think he was very, very successful, except there was a problem. And the problem was this. Uh, Two of our desires is for food and water. And so if you get rid of those desires, of course, um, bad things happen. And some of you, if you look in some of the Buddhist books, you'll see pictures of... Of uh, Siddhartha, where he's sitting on a cushion and, he, and he's just skin and bones. You know, he almost uh, did himself in, but he came to his senses and, and then he um, realized, like, he realized this: he, that tanha's desires are of two types. Those that decrease your well-being and cause a lot of suffering, like complaining, like I was talking about. But then there are those desires that increase our well-being, such as eating and drinking. Other desires that are beneficial would be like uh, trying to help others that are in need or, um, or desire to feel benevolent to other people, the desire to feel the loving kindness which we practice in this temple. Um, For me then, so so Siddhartha, he realized this, and so what he did was create this program called the Eightfold Path. And the Eightfold Path is really a recipe for uh, beneficial desires. Such as um, feeling benevolent towards others and loving kindness, and uh, other other wants that we should go after. And then it's also it gives instructions on how to free yourself from the harmful desires, harmful wants, and the harmful uh, tanha. So it's 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 a recipe for this. Um, Two examples from the Eightfold Path is Right Mindfulness and Right View. Now, in Right Mindfulness, we, uh, the instructions are given on on how to uh, meditate, and one of the first things we are instructed to do is to relax. Now, when we want something or desire something, we're, we, we can become agitated. We're, we're ready to do something for action, but when we... Are without um, wanting anything, we, re- we relax. So this is this is putting us in a state of of less less desire. Um, also, when we're um, meditating, we're asked to to uh, concentrate mindfully on our breath. Um, now, the way I do it, and I way, the proper way to do it, I think, is not only cr- uh, concentrate on our breath, but also concentrate and be aware of ourselves watching the breath. Now, when you do this, you, you have no, no room for, for desires or wants or thinking. Um, you're in the present moment. Uh, now, being in the present moment also is a state where desires simply cannot exist. When you want something, you have to go into the past to know what you want, and then also go into the future. So if you can put yourself into the, the present moment completely, you'll free yourself uh, from desires. And I've been practicing for a long time, and, and, and it's, at first it was like, I can't understand why I feel so good sitting here watching my breath and watching myself watch my breath because um, you would think it would be boring. But every time I I, I almost became addicted to it because it just felt so good. And I think the reason that is is because I'm putting myself in a state for a while anyways where I, I don't have any of these wants and desires which can create... All kinds of negative feelings. Um, I wanted to add to this that um, the uh, desire, desire is a part of a system in our minds. And I wanted to say that being a scientist, um, I believe that the the mind that we have, that we're all dealing with, is uh, produced by the brain. And so the brain evolved over millions of years. uh, And the In evolution, if you've read anything about evolution, the, the two main purposes of evolution, you could say, is uh, survival and reproduction. And so the brain evolved in such a way to have a system to, to assist us in reproduction and, and survival. And the system that it evolved is one of desire, goals, where you desire some goal and uh, you and, and obstacles, So the system that our brain is constantly working with is this uh, system of of, uh, desire, which is like a force moving towards a goal and trying to overcome the obstacles. And so trying to overcome the obstacles to get our goal, uh, this this is where the suffering comes in, the mental suffering. And also, in order to entice us to reach goals, um, we get a reward when we reach, reach the goal. So this is the system that's in play. And so I would, I would suggest that this is probably a, a little more detailed, more scientific, more up-to-date version of the Second Noble Truth, where in the Second Noble Truth just desire is, is uh, mentioned. And it is an extremely important part of the system, but it's part of the this, this system. Um, when I look at things from this perspective that I'm talking about today of wanting and desiring a lot of things make a lot more sense for example, Bhante Sujatha, he, he tells us slowly is holy, so if we, if we slow down we're going to experience, I think, less negative emotions um, we uh, don't desire to hurry and uh, beat time. And so we're not, we're, we're, it relieves a lot of the stress. And um, also, when we talk about things like patience, acceptance, equanimity, all of these terms, when you think about them, all of these terms uh, really are a minimization or even elimination of wanting and desiring. Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if some of you have read that book. Eckhart Tolle, you know now. One of the first things that I read—I read this a while ago—but I do remember in the beginning, he uh, he went through some kind of traumatic uh, experience that was, I believe, extremely negative. He was he was in a bad way for a while, and then he he kind of fell into this state of of now in the present moment, and. Boy, he just felt so elated at when he did that, um, uh, when he was able to attain that state. And I believe the reason he felt so good is because he was able to eliminate these these wants and desires, at least for a while. Now, I'm not saying that uh, we're gonna be, live happily ever after if we get rid of our desires. Of course, that that isn't true. there's so many beneficial um, desires, uh, but we have to we have to kind of pick and choose, and and uh, this is this is a complicated thing to do. But you know, I, I just think that life is complicated, you know. But I, I have to say that whenever I'm I'm suffering mentally, and I do, and everybody else does. What I what I do is I'll say, uh, first of all, like, what exactly is my goal here? What, what do I want? What does my brain want? Um, how much do I want this, you know? Am I craving it or I just kind of want it? And if I'm craving it, that usually means that uh, a lot of suffering is in store. Um, and most importantly, does, the, does this particular tanha, does this particular desire, does it benefit my well-being and the well-being of of those around me so uh, by taking this perspective um, i believe my life is 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 better now what time is it 11 o'clock is. i can't really see do we have time for a couple questions okay would anybody uh, like to is there any questions or comments anybody would like to uh, say Mm-hmm. Right, right. That that's a good example. And and as a matter of fact, if you go on a computer, you can uh, find this movement now uh, called the the minimalist movement. And um, again, this is. <coughs> Kind of along the same lines of what I'm talking about is if you decrease desires for material things or whatever, you're going to be a happier person.